Welcome back, everybody. This is the Man Cave Caucus podcast where we discuss a wide variety of news, politics, comment, current events, funny stories. You never know. And we have a blast doing that. Um, This is the midweek minute edition of the show. And this week, I want to focus really particularly on a discussion of how this year's presidential primary in Missouri will be very different than what we've had in the past. And uh, I know there's been a lot of misinformation about that. I've gotten a lot of calls in my office and um, trying to get some good information out to people uh, regarding that. So I want to talk a little bit about why that will be different, uh, what it will look like, and what will it take for citizens to participate, what is required of them, and any other relevant information you might need to be informed so that you can engage and and make your voice heard. So on the phone joining us tonight uh, is Nick Myers, who is the state chairman of the Republican Party, as well as the Newton County Republican Central Committee chairman, uh, which is where I live in Newton County. And Nick happens to be my constituent, actually, and um, even better yet, a great friend of mine. So he's he's got a well-rounded understanding of this issue. He's been traveling all over the state doing trainings for what will be the presidential primary caucus this year in Missouri. So I wanted him to give us a 30,000-foot view of this and uh, really from the voters' perspective and explain a little about the caucus system. So welcome to the Man Cave Caucus, Nick. Good to have you with us. Well, good to be with you, Ben. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, we do the caucus every four years but this year's caucus is going to be different from the past. And that's because we do not have the presidential preference primary this year. Yes. And so just so that our listeners kind of understand what, what you're speaking of there for as long as I can remember, I'm not sure how far it goes back, um, but we've had a presidential preference primary in March in Missouri a couple years ago in the legislature, we had a an election reform bill uh, that had a lot of good things in it and trying to clean up our election laws in the state of Missouri. But what did get slipped in in part of that bill was removing that system that we have always had for a long time when it comes to a presidential preference primary where people go to the ballot box and vote in March for the president. Um so that got removed, which put it back to a caucus system. Last year, I carried a bill. I think you remember us having many discussions about that, but I carried a bill to try to reinstate yes. the presidential preference primary. We got it done in the House, sent it to the Senate, and uh, it did not get brought up and passed. So now we're left without that uh, being reinstated, and now we're doing a caucus system. So there's just a lot of uh, questions about that that the people have, and rightfully so. So um, hopefully you can clear up some of that and give the people some good information today. So just kind of give us an, an idea of what that is, what it looks like, what that day will be like when we meet, and the different dates, because there, as I understand it, there's a uh, county caucus, and then there's a congressional district caucus, and then there's a state meeting as well. And so just kind of run through that with uh, how that will play out. Okay. Uh, First, let me say that the Missouri Republican Party wanted to reinstate the presidential preference primary where the people went to the 
to the ballot box, to the polls, and voted on that. And we supported your bill, which got out of the House, passed the House. But of course, the House doesn't make legislation happen. The Senate has to participate too. The Senate did not pass it, even though we advocated for it. So what we're left with now is is the caucus system. Uh, we do the caucus every four years, but uh, for, to uh, elect delegates, local delegates that go to the congressional district conventions and go to the state convention. And we also uh, begin crafting our platform, give local input on our platform, which we uh, write every four years. So we do the caucus for the platform every four years, regardless of what's happening in the presidential preference primary. But suffice it to say, you will not be voting directly on the president until November of 2024. If you want to have input on who the nominee for the Republican uh, presidential is in, in Missouri, you need to go to the caucus. And that's going to happen March the 2nd. Okay. Under the rules that the, that the state committee puts together, everybody, every county, 114 counties and the city of St. Louis is going to have a caucus that convenes at 10 a.m. on March the 2nd. That's a Saturday. Okay, so that's statewide. All the counties in the state of Missouri on March 2nd are going to have a caucus meeting that people can attend. That's right. So if you can attend that caucus, and if you if you want to attend, first you have to be a registered voter. And you have to be willing to sign a statement that says you are a Republican because we don't register by party in the state of Missouri. Uh, but we're only going to allow people who are willing to say they are Republicans and sign a statement to that effect to participate in the caucus. So effectively, they're just kind of signing an affidavit saying I am a Republican and they have to show voter ID um, when they That's show correct. up. Now, can they, right. can they register for this um, ahead of time? You can uh, pre-register for the caucus. You need to be a registered voter, which is, you need to see your county clerk about that. But if you're a registered voter, you can pre-register for the caucus at the mogop.org website. Okay. So that's mogop.org website and there's a tab there that uh on the landing page that says caucus you go there you'll find there's a link to where you can pre-register for the caucus and so you will still need to sign the statement when you come to the caucus uh you will still need to show your government issued id but nobody will have to look you up in the um voter database will have you pre-registered. So I would recommend that you do that. Yeah, I would and think that would really help streamline everything for people as much as possible to it, register that ahead of time then. 
Yes, and, and that's already up and working, and a number of people have done that. Now, one thing to remember about the caucus is, I mean, it's going to convene at 10 a.m. on Saturday, March the 2nd. The doors, we're encouraging every county to open their doors not later than 8 a.m. to let people come in because uh, going to be a number of people attend the caucuses, and we want to be sure that only registered voters who are Republicans are voting in that caucus. So I would say if you're going to the caucus, you need to arrive at the caucus location not later than 9 a.m. Okay. So so that so gives them a, some time to, to be able to, because I'm sure there will be people who do show up who didn't pre-register, so it takes time to look them up, make sure they're on the voter rolls, um, and get everybody that, in, and then basically they're going to shut the door at a certain period before 10 o'clock. Um, well, 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 what we will do is that the rules require that the doors will be closed at 10 a.m. Now, if you're in line waiting to get recognized as a voter at, at 10 a.m., you will still have access to the caucus, but, okay. uh, but not if you get there at 10.02, you will not. I mean, you need to be in line, sort of like the polling place. Yeah. You need to be in line uh, at quitting time. Now, another thing is, so I know you represent parts of the city of Joplin, right? And yes, Joplin, Joplin is on both sides of the Newton County and Jasper County line. So if I'm a registered voter in Newton County, I need to go to the Newton County Caucus, which is going to be at the uh, Civic Municipal Auditorium in Neosho. Okay, that's downtown Neosho on, off the square. Right, that's the southwest corner of the square. And we have a list at this same website, mogop.org. We have a list there that is being populated for all 114 counties in the city of St. Louis with your location of, of your caucus. I know Jasper County and Newton is in there, but let's say, well, I, I can't, I, I'm living in Newton County. I'm a resident in Newton County, but I don't have time to go to Neosho. So I'm just going to run over to Jasper County, which I know they're doing theirs at Joplin family worship. I'm just going to run over there and do it. Well, I can't do that. I, I can't, if I'm a Neosho registered or a Newton County registered voter, I can't go to Jasper County. Okay, that's good. To know. I can't. So yeah, I can't go to Cassville and vote. I can't go to Mount Vernon and vote. I, you know, can't go to Greenfield. I got to go where the county's caucus that I'm a registered voter in. So I have. To, I need to go to Neosho. I see. So yeah, so you you can't do that. There there is no absentee voting. There's no mail in voting. You have to show up in person and uh, be a registered voter to be and be admitted at 10 a.m. Now, the good part of that is if you can do that, you uh, are really working in participatory democracy. You're going to have a, a big, much more impact on the presidential preference of, in Missouri as a caucus attendee than you would have as a voter in the presidential preference primary. 
Yeah, because the anybody who does show up eventually, and I'm sure you'll explain this, but has mm-hmm. a opportunity to actually become a delegate and then go to the next level of that with the congressional and the state and on up. Right. So that's something that's right. good so, to know as well. Well, it, let me let's say now it's 10 a.m. We've got our everybody's in the caucus who's going to participate. All right. So we we know who the who's the registered voters, who's attending. We know the number of qualified voters in the room, hopefully by 10.15 or 10.20. And uh, at that point, then we will have, we'll elect the chair who runs the meeting. We'll have the secretary who records the meeting. We'll elect the secretary. Then we'll have the nominees for uh, president and Missouri has nine qualified nominees right now. Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie, Doug Burgum, Tim Scott, David Stuckenberg, and Ryan Brinkley. Binkley rather, Ryan Binkley. So all of all of those candidates have met the qualifications to be in the Missouri caucus. Now, some of those have suspended their campaigns, right? Right. And that's, that's what I was going to ask is how that plays out. Well, they would be able to be placed in nomination, but they've suspended the The only folks who have not, who have not told us that they are suspending their campaign. The two most obvious is Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. Right. That's currently today. And David Stuckenberg and Ryan Binkley. The others, all the others I mentioned, have suspended their campaign. So at least four people at this time would be placed into nomination. We'll ask the attendees, the voting attendees, to divide into groups by the candidate and then if any candidate has more than 50% of the attendees, uh, the attendees in the room in, in his group or sub-caucus, if you want to say that, they would win that county's caucus and then that group would name the slate of delegates that are going to go to the state convention and the congressional district convention. So those delegates would be bound to the uh, candidate that won more than 50% of the attendees. They would be bound at the next level, at the congressional level, at the state level to vote for that candidate. And that's the first round of voting, correct? Uh, the, well, the caucus is the first round of voting. Right. So so those delegates would be um, selected at the county level uh, to represent how that county voted at the next level in the next meeting, which would be the congressional district meeting. That's correct. So, so what we're – so you as a caucus attendee, you just have to be a registered voter. Uh, you have to sign the statements you're a Republican. You have to have a valid 
government-issued photo ID. You elect a slate of delegates to attend next the Congressional District Convention, and then subsequent is the State Convention. So let's talk about the Congressional District Convention now. Yes. So there's eight congressional districts in the state of Missouri. Okay, and if if your county is in the congressional district, your slate of delegates are going to go to the congressional district convention. Okay, and if and every county, of course, is in the state of Missouri. So your slate of delegates for the state convention are going to go to the state convention. So the congressional district convention, there's going to be eight separate ones of those. That's going to be April the 6th, and all of these dates and detail is at mogop.org. It's the same website I've been talking about, but we have the dates and the details and the rules at the tab at mogop.org. But all eight congressional districts will be holding their convention on April the 6th, convening at 10 a.m. That's a Saturday. Now, in in the 7th District, which Jasper and Newton County are in, the 7th Congressional District, that's going to be in Monette at the high school on April the 6th. Going to convene at 10 a.m. I'd say again, don't be don't be later than 9 uh, a.m. And I'm sure they'll be open sooner. Kathy Jo Loy is the chair of the 7th Congressional District Committee, so she'll be calling the meeting. Yeah, and so just to interject, when you move to that mm-hmm. level with the with the congressional district, you've got a lot more people that are going to be there at that meeting. Um, and so it's going to take longer for people to, you know, get checked in That's and right. signed in and all that. So again, just important that people show up early, I think, uh, and make sure you're there yeah. plenty of time. Right. And, and so, but the only folks attending and voting at that will be the delegates that were elected at their local county caucus. Now in the seventh district, there's 10 counties. So we will know the number of delegates and alternates that are uh, expected to attend from each county, but that's going to be well over 200, approaching 300 people. And the, the alternates are also able to attend, but not, not vote unless moved up. But yeah. so there'll be well over 500 people there, but if you're not a delegate, you can't just because you're a registered voter of the seventh district doesn't mean you can show up at the congressional district convention and vote. So if you want to do that, you need to work on becoming a delegate elected from the local caucus at the county level. That's that's right. Yeah. And so that so those so they will elect the local caucus will elect delegates that will go to the congressional district convention and the state convention. Nick so the one, state convention go ahead. One of the questions that people have asked in calling is, you know, is it like when you go to a ballot box where you go into the booth and you check a a box on a piece of paper and vote? And what I've been telling them is, no, it's very different. It's more of like a what is known as a standing division type of vote where you're in a room and they're going to say, you know, one corner is going to be the 
for instance, the Trump uh, slate and the other corner is going to be Nikki Haley and maybe another corner for one of the other candidates and, and everybody just kind of goes to that corner and, and they're going to count those people that are in those areas. So, you know, it's not a secret ballot. It's it's you're voting in front of the other people that are there that day uh, for uh, in, in that caucus meeting for your candidate. That's right. It's uh, there is no secret ballot. Now, there there may be something within the sub caucus where people would decide to do that. But for the purposes of identifying which candidate has the most support, yes, we're going to ask people to go to a certain area if you support Donald Trump. Go to a certain area if you support Nikki Haley. Go to a certain area if you support David Stuckenberg. A certain area if you support Ryan Binkley. I've never heard of David Stuckenberg, so I can't imagine there'll be that many people voting for him, but... Well, he's, he's on the ballot. Say he's got <laughs> he's quali- He's a qualified candidate. Yeah, a qualified yeah. candidate for the caucus, That's, rather. Right. So, uh, if 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 some if one of those candidates has more than fifty percent of the attendees, then they're going to take all the delegates and all those delegates are going to be pledged when they go to the congressional district and the state convention to vote on the first ballot or whoever won all those delegates. And let's, so let's use Donald Trump for the example. If Donald Trump, let's say a hundred people show up at the caucus, I expect in Newton and Jasper County, there'll be more than a hundred, but let's use a hundred to make it kind of easy to calculate. If 100 people show up and are qualified attendees to vote at the caucus and 52 people go to Donald Trump and 30 go to Nikki Haley and Stuckenberg and Binkley divide the rest, well, Donald Trump's got 52% of our 100 delegates, so he's going to get all the delegates. Right. So if but let's say Donald Trump gets... 45 delegates, Nikki Haley gets 30 delegates, Stuckenberg and Ryan Binkley decide the divide the others, then it goes it becomes proportional. So Donald Trump in, in our example would be getting the, uh, 45% of the delegates, Nikki Haley would be getting 30% of the delegates, Stuckenberg and Ryan Binkley would drop out most likely because they don't have over 15% of the delegates. So I may be getting into the weeds a little too much here, but no, that, if, I, you're, if, you're, <laughs> if your candidate does not have more than 15% of the voting members in the room, then they their candidacy will be over and they they have the to folks pick somebody who else. identified with it. Yeah, they have to pick somebody else. In yeah. our example, they would have to go either to Donald Trump or Nikki Haley. Yeah. So that's like a plurality type uh, situation. Right. Which I wouldn't right. think by that point there will be much of that um, given the kind of the, the direction that the presidential primary is going right now. And by March, I would say it's going to be pretty clear, um, probably between two candidates, maybe even one that is left. 
and right. which will make it really easy if everybody has already dropped out except for Donald Trump, which I think is very possible by March. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's going to go a lot faster uh, if if that's the case. Uh, but we're just kind of given a scenario here, given the candidates mm-hmm. that we currently have. Right. So the so the rules provide for if there's no clear majority winner, the rules provide for how the delegates will be allocated. But if there's a clear majority winner at the caucus, all the delegates go to them pledged on the first ballot. So, yeah. One of the things too once, that I wanted to just uh, ask about, because I know people have asked me is because when you say the rules, so who, who made the rules and, and how did we get those rules? And uh, I think people have that question in mind because there are some people who sure. kind of think skeptical when it comes to elections these days. And they're thinking, you know, maybe this has been orchestrated by somebody to control the outcome, which I assure them that's not the case. Um, but they do have those questions in mind. Right. Well, the uh, Missouri Republican Party is uh, organized around the state committee. So the state committee, similar to, to a county committee, has a committee man and a committee woman from each senatorial district in the state of Missouri. So people are represented now, on that group that meets. On- that, that That's right. So yes. uh, the, the entire state, there's 34 senatorial districts in the state of Missouri. There's a man and a woman on the state committee from each one of the senatorial districts. And those people are elected as well. That, that's right. They yes. are elected by the county chair, county chair and vice chair of each county in the senatorial district so in the 32nd which is uh, jasper and newton's district the chair and vice chair of jasper county and the chair and vice chair of newton county the central committees and the chair and vice chair of each legislative district committee Mm -hmm. all vote all elect a representative man and woman to represent their senatorial district at the state committee. Yes. And those committee men and women are voted on by the people on the ballot as well on the, on the County central committee level. That's, that's right. So similar to how the States organized, the counties organized by having a man and woman in each voting precinct of the County. And they are subject to election by the people within their precinct. Yes. So my, for example, my precinct is Staples West, which is uh, south of, kind of south of Joplin, outside the city limits over the Oklahoma line. So that's why I call it West. And so all the voting members, uh, Republicans, vote on the committee man and committee woman in that precinct. A whole county committee comes together with those men and women from the county. They elect the chair and vice chair of their county committee and their legislative district committee. So, yeah, this, we're, this group is built from the ground up by the Republican voters right. throughout the state. I the just governor think that's does it. important for the people to know that the, the people that are 
that decide on the rules for the caucus system are elected by the people in those counties. And, um, you know, that's where it comes from. So it's important. And I, and I think this is, if there's anything good that comes out of this, it is the fact that people may be more engaged and a little bit more aware of how the party is structured and how that they can get involved on the local level. And that, uh, if they don't know who their committee man or committee woman are, uh, it's a good idea to meet them, get to know them. And especially if, for instance, you can't make the caucus meeting, you can voice your opinion to those people and say, this is who I would like to see uh, elected as president. You know, so they still have a voice in that way as well. Well, that's that's right. And well, the, the party's organized every two years. These are not lifetime appointments to the to the county committee or the state committee. So every two years, uh, you can, if you want to be a on the county committee, you're free to go file a declaration of candidacy to do that. And with your county clerk beginning here soon in, uh, at the, towards the end of February and then stand for election in August and become a member of the county committee and then then elect your county chair, elect your legislative district chair, elect your members of right. the state committee. And then these members of the state committee, these 68 members, a man and woman from every senatorial district in the state, got together on September the 9th and approved the rules for okay. The caucus and the conventions, they were subject to the approval of the RNC because the, this, the RNC convention is where we're going to nominate, formally nominate the president. Right. Now, I think it's good for people to understand that because, um, you know, again, some of the, the concerns that I've heard is that, you know, well, this could be manipulated. And I think the rules this time around are different than they were the last time that we had a, a state caucus for president and that um, it's it's not able to be manipulated according to the rules. And I think it is the best kind of representation of the people um, and how that that process should should play out. And so um, I think it's important and I, and I think it'll help to to ease the concerns that some of the people have to know that. Well, it. Every county, in the past, every county adopted their own rules to achieve the slate. We, we have uniform rules this time, which we have not had in the past. Those rules are at MOGOP.org if, okay. if you want to look at them. But they're uniform rules for every county and for all the district conventions and, and uh, the state convention as well. So... There's no, can't be created with the rules as some folks may have been in the past. Yeah. And the other thing too, as I understand it, is that the, the rules that the, the state committee put together supersede um, even Robert's rules of order if they come into conflict during that meeting. Um, usually, if I remember correct, there is a parliamentarian that is also appointed by the chair in those meetings um, who kind of oversee that process so that if, you know, maybe somebody who knows Robert's rules is trying to use that to their advantage or whatever, um, mm -hmm. there's someone there to to look at the, the law and what it says and look at the rules, what they say, and uh, be able to 
to kind of mediate that if, if it ever came to that. So it's, it's not something that one person can come in or a group of people can come in and just, um, you know, get their way because they know how to use Robert's rules of order or whatever it might be. Right. The, the rules of the caucus supersede Robert's rules of order and where there's any conflict. Yeah. Okay. So that, so that's a, a very important part of the caucus is who are we going to send our delegates to and who are they going to vote for in the president on the next level? But the other thing that we do is every four years we adopt a platform. Yeah. So the, the Republican platform, the current one, you can see on MOGOP.org. So that this website's got lots of information about being a Missouri Republican on it. But every four years, the convention eventually adopts a platform that will be what we expect our candidates to uh, represent and and rub Republicans to represent yeah. uh, as well. And that will continue so, even after, uh, you know, let's say that we go back to and, and we get the law changed, which I think we still need to do, to go back to a presidential mm-hmm. preference primary at the ballot box like we've had. Um, we still, yes. those county committees still meet every four years to go through the rules and to make del- or to uh, elect delegates to go to those conventions, which we still have, even though it wouldn't be uh, voting for the president um, by ca- a caucus system. So just so people know, that process will still be in place when it comes to voting on the rules, uh, sending delegates to those meetings, even if we go back to voting at the ballot like we have before. That's that's correct. but. Yeah, so we we adopt the platform every uh, four years, and right now the platform committee is making a draft of the platform, which will be available at every county caucus. The county caucus, if they want to amend the platform as presented, they can do that. I mean, they can recommend that there's a subtraction, there's an addition, there's a change. And they forward that, whatever carries the day up the county caucus, goes to the Congressional District Convention. If the Congressional District Convention adopts those changes, then it goes back to the platform committee, who will uh, then put together a final draft of the platform that will go to the state convention, which is going to be May the 4th, and that's a Saturday again. They'll convene at 10 a.m. in Springfield, Missouri, at the Expo Center. So then at, at, at the convention, where all the whole states represented by delegates will then uh, adopt the platform either by an up or down vote based on the whole process that it's been through. Uh, but there are also uh, resolutions that can be attached to the platform that has happened in the past, and those can come from the floor of the convention. So we have two real important things that are getting started here at the local caucus. Mm-hmm. One is who's going to represent you for the county's choice for president at 
the Congressional District Convention and the State Convention, and what changes, if any, does the county wish to see happen to the platform, mm -hmm. which will be in place once adopted for four years. And I think that's a really important thing for people to be a part of is that platform, you know, as a legislator, mm -hmm. it's something that we are faced with many times where um, we go to Jefferson City and people end up really straying from uh, voting, you know, for the issues that the Republican Party has said these are important to us. Uh, and that comes from the local level. It really does. And, and people can mm -hmm. have an influence on um, that platform. And I think it's important for people to know what that is and to engage in that process, because I think the more people you have, the better representation of what we say we believe and who we are as a party. Uh, and I think that will help guide legislation and laws that are made in the state as well. Yes. And it, nobody dictates uh, the platform and just like nobody's dictating who the presidential nominee is going to be. It truly comes from uh, the grassroots county level. And then through this process, the will of the Missouri Republicans become known and established for the election and for the next four years. So yeah, one thing we'll do at the state convention that we, and the congressional district convention that we don't do at the local caucuses, we we also elect presidential electors who would go to the electoral college and cast our vote for the president there. Yes. So. No, that's good. I, uh, I think that's a good explainer uh, summary of, of kind of what that process is going to look like. And then, um, I, you know, again, I want to encourage people to be engaged in this process, even if we go back to um, the, you know, the way we have had in the past with the presidential preference primary. I, I think it's important that people uh, be a part of this. And so if, if nothing else, yeah. maybe it will, you know, people's eyes will be open to the, the importance of um, being engaged in that process. So that's what I'm hoping for. We're trying to get the word out and talk to as many people as we can to encourage them to show up. And, you know, I, I do have my problems with this system. I, I think again, we should go back to what we had before, but nevertheless, this is what we have now. You know, some of the issues that have been brought to, uh, to me and, and that I had in debating this when, when we originally did this through the legislature was the fact that, you know, people that maybe are in the military or for some reason can't show up on that day, their, their vote won't be counted. Uh, and I have issues with that because it, it is to a certain degree when you can't send in an absentee vote, um, then, you know, there are people who are disenfranchised with this system, even though it is something that, you know, this system goes back to the early days of our country. Um, and I think it it's it's not perfect, but, you know, it does have a really direct representation, uh, which is a good thing. Um, but, you know, it, it does have its flaws but I think it's still a, a good way that we can get people out and get engaged in the process, if nothing else. Right. And so let's, let's say if you know somebody who cannot be there on Saturday or you have a brother, son, 
daughter, niece, whatever, who, who is in the military and is on duty and cannot attend, then uh, talk to them and you go to the caucus and uh, you pass right. their vote for them. I mean, there's, there's ways to make that known, even though they're not able to participate directly, but you are. So that's why I'm saying this is participatory democracy where you can uh, get there, get engaged, uh, carry uh, the opinion of a number of people. You'll still just have one vote, but right. you, you will be representing them. Yes. In a way, not only on the candidates, but also on the platform. Right. Now, yeah. Look, could I talk a little bit about the calendar here? Sure. Go ahead. So, so I know the talk right now is, well, it's Donald Trump and Nikki Haley, and they're going to go to Nevada, and then they're going to go to South Carolina, and then they're going to go to Super Tuesday. And well, let me tell you, well, where Missouri is on that. Okay. Okay. So South Carolina has about 50 delegates that they're, they're going to send to the state, to the national convention, rather. The national convention, which will happen in Milwaukee on July the 15th. And that happens before the end of February, the South Carolina primary. Well, Missouri has 54 delegates. So we have more delegates than. South Carolina, and we are really the last thing in the electoral calendar that happens before Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday is, uh, I think, is uh, is that March the tenth? Okay. Yeah. Or maybe it's it's the week after our caucus. All right. So a whole lot of states are going to be having primaries and caucuses on the Tuesday after our caucus. So what Missouri does on March the 2nd in their caucuses could have a big impact on what happens on Super Tuesday because everybody right now is talking about the South Carolina and whether that's momentum or not. But we have more delegates than South Carolina has. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be Idaho and Missouri on March the 2nd are just two or three days before Super Tuesday. So I see. I yeah. am, I'm a, uh, we've heard from the Haley campaign that Missouri Republican Party has, and we've heard from Donald Trump's campaign, and we have a statewide Lincoln Day that is coming up on February the 16th and the 17th in Kansas City, and we're hoping to get one of those candidates are very high-level surrogate to come in and make their pitch before the caucuses because two weeks after yeah. our Lincoln Day, we have the, the caucuses are going to be voting, and there's going to be a number of statewide uh, Republicans at that statewide uh, Lincoln Day, and that's an opportunity to talk to a lot of people who are going to be at these caucuses and probably delegates to the convention. And that, again, there's a tab for statewide Lincoln Day at MOGOP.org. So we're trying to put all of the information on this election season on that website. Yeah, that's good to know. We've attended a lot of those when it comes to the statewide Lincoln Days, and it's a great opportunity to 
to meet other Republicans from around the state, but also meet the candidates that are going to be on a a statewide ballot uh, come August. And then this year, of course, the president. Right. Well, and there's there's many statewide candidates this time. Friday night, uh, Senator Hawley and Senator Schmidt, uh, Congressman Sam Graves, I know, will be there. Um, Saturday morning, Senator Hollies has his family breakfast with the Pachyderm Club. That's a that's a free event. If you want to see our events, go to mogop.org. Uh, we're going to have a governor forum uh, with the governor candidates early in the afternoon on the 17th. And then that night, we I'm hopeful that we would have presidential candidates or very... Uh, high surrogates, maybe potential vice president candidates. We expect to have them there on Saturday evening okay. at the dinner. And, and like I said, there's a whole lot of statewide candidates that are going to be there yeah. too. For the for the first time since the 1860s, the there are no statewide elected Democrats in the state of Missouri. That's a big deal. But... Yeah, it, it is a, a big deal. We we worked a long time to get there, and we need to uh, keep it that way. Govern. <laughs> we need to keep it that way <laughs> and govern it accordingly. But it, here's another thing that is somewhat unusual: the only statewide elected incumbent running for these statewide offices is Josh Hawley. Mm-hmm. So, Lieutenant Governor and the Secretary of State are running for. Governor, Governor Parson is not running again. He can't run again because he spent his two terms. So the governor's lieutenant governor and the secretary of state's opened up. The secretary of, I'm sorry, the uh, attorney general and the treasurer are appointed. They're Mm -hmm. currently serving, but they're appointed. They're not elected. And uh, so they'll be on the ballot. So all of those are on the ballot. We have lots of very good candidates who are running statewide that we will see there at statewide Lincoln day. And then a week after the caucus, we're doing what's called Joplin Lincoln day where Jasper and Newton County go together and host the Lincoln day. And we expect to see all of the statewide candidates there speaking for three minutes on a timed, roughly three minutes on a, uh, subject to a timer, but they would be there where you can visit with them one-on-one. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a good meeting as well. And, and just kind of mm-hmm. last of all, to wrap this up to Nick, would you kind of just uh-huh. talk about the importance of Southwest Missouri, uh, sp- specifically Newton and Jasper County when it comes to statewide elections? Yes. Yeah, so the, the 32nd senatorial district is probably the most Republican senatorial district in the state of Missouri. And by that, I mean Jasper and Newton County. So uh, sometimes people will get the attitude of, well, I don't need to go vote because that, you know, Ben's going to get elected without me or uh, because the Republicans always win. Well, Republicans don't always win. Like I said, it's the first time since the 1860s mm-hmm. that we can, we actually have no elected statewide Democrats in the state. And the reason that happens 
is that big majorities in Jasper and Newton County and other parts of the seventh district, but I've got the statistics to show it that Jasper and Newton County contribute mightily to overcoming uh, Democrat margins in other parts of the state. And yeah, specifically the cities with St. Louis and Kansas city. And right. And Columbia as it turns out too. But so this is the, but this is not just about Republicans winning. I mean, I, the reason I'm a Republican is because it's the only party that will promote limited government and protect innocent human life. So, what it what this really comes down to is are you going to elect people who will protect innocent human life and care for the mother to bring that life to into this world right and and so it's important that you go out and vote and make your your voice heard in this process Yes. Because it it really can be it really becomes a question of life or or death. It does, and even <laughs> then, aside from that, right right next to that is protecting the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. Um, well, that, know, that that's right. Which the the other side is moving away from by leaps and bounds, and so uh, it is critically important. And there's there's no better time. And and you know we always say this. Uh, you know when it comes to presidential elections in the past few years that this is the most important election of our lifetime and i believe that um for many yeah, reasons well, it is. i you might have seen it but i i uh, endorsed donald trump here a couple of weeks ago and, and did a video mm-hmm. about it this week but my three top things on that and reasoning is this the simple fact of what's happening at the border um, what's happening with the economy and inflation, and that we need to get back to energy independence. And those are things that, that Donald Trump, I believe, will do. He worked on um, and, and made huge strides in last time when he was in. And now we've went back with this administration, with the Biden administration. And so if we don't get control of the border, just that one issue, if we don't get control of that, it's not going to be the America that I grew up in. And so uh, elections are important and every vote matters. And that's why we're talking about this and really going into some detail, because I want people to know that they can be a part of that process, that they should be. It's it's really our responsibility and our duty as a citizen to be involved in that process. Um, so we want you to show up on March the 2nd um, in your counties, show up, be a part of that process. And I think we'll be better for it um, and we'll move forward from there. So. Thank you so much, Nick, for coming on and, and kind of explaining some of that. I think it'll be very helpful to the people out there. So, um, Well, I, I hope they will participate. And, and you know, the, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. Yes. And et- eternal starts right now. That's so right. please participate. Be sure you're registered to vote. Come to the caucus if you're able to. And... Uh, we will try and engage you from there to all the way through November to win. And That's right. I appreciate the opportunity, Ben. Thank you, Nick. Have a wonderful evening, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Nick Myers, the state Republican Party chairman.
And now we have in the studio, who crept in unaware, our co-host, Tim Holden. Tim? I'm, uh, I'm a little bit disappointed. I Usually it's a little bit more. I didn't realize there was a scheduled call going on. I was, <laughs> I was the uh, first guy on the job site this week, four days out of five. So I see. I've been trying to work on my tardiness, and then I noticed the other night. morning you sent me a text at like before seven, I think, and I, I ju- it just it 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 really did my heart good. I was I was turning <laughs> on the Gateway Drive, and I ran into a friend of ours, and he was turning turning on the Gateway to go to work at the uh, cabinet shop over there, and he called me and he said, "Tim, I think I'm just heading straight to the hospital." <laughs> he said, "I'm seeing you out and about." Yeah, before six a.m. What's going it caused on? Caused a disturbance in the old heart yeah. palpitations. He had worked actually worked with me for about three years, and so he was he understood. He was somewhat startled, worried. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He thought there must be an emergency. Something is to wrong. See me out at that time, but Something no, I'm wrong. Personal growth is possible. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm glad you made it, especially yeah, this is late. the first midweek. Minute that you've been able to be on because yeah. we're, we're having to record this ahead of time because Nick Myers was not able to be there uh, to to do this in the middle of the week on Wednesday, so it worked out good. Tim slipped in toward the end there, but um, just to wrap that up, uh, you can be involved in this process with the caucuses, and we really encourage you to do that. Again, for information, go to the MoGOP website and all of that stuff is on there uh, what is required of the voters and the dates and times and locations of all those caucus meetings so with that we will end the midweek minute and we'll catch you at the end of the week